We'll begin tonight by looking into 2 Chronicles chapter 1. 2 Chronicles chapter 1. We'll look at verse 6 and 7. And then from there we'll go on to uh, closer towards Genesis. 2 Chronicles 1, 6. And Solomon went up thither to the brazen altar before the Lord, which was at the tabernacle of the congregation, and offered a thousand burnt offerings upon it. In that night did God appear unto Solomon and said unto him, Ask what I shall give thee. And you'll probably, most of you will probably remember a lot of the rest of the account, what happened with Solomon and God. But I want to look tonight at God with us. God's spirit with us. The first verse of that chapter says, And Solomon, the son of David, was strengthened in his kingdom, and the Lord his God was with him, and magnified him exceedingly. And just beautiful stories in God's word, beautiful accounts. But have you ever thought about that that brazen altar? Who made it? I got to thinking about that and kind of looking at trying to figure out some things. And and think of the value of that altar. The first thing you saw when you went into the tabernacle and the last thing you saw when you came out. And it was there that all those great sacrifices were made. It was an important part of, of God's work there. But let's back up a little bit here and go to some place earlier. We go clear back where God called Moses. Remember that burning bush? God, uh, uh, Moses was out in the desert tending his father-in-law's sheep and been out there for a long time. And, and try to picture yourself out there being in Moses' sandals and watching the sheep and doing what you're supposed to do. And all of a sudden, that was strange. That, that, that bush was burning and, and it wasn't burning up. I mean, it wasn't burning down. It was just burning. And it was there. And God spoke to Moses. And Moses said, here am I. A great answer. When God speaks to us, it's, a good, it's good to answer, here am I. And then over in Exodus, let's go to 19th chapter of Exodus now. And the children of Israel had been traversing, shall we say, around in circles and, and, and going wherever they were going. And they ended up near Mount Sinai. And uh, they pitched their tent there, near the mount. Moses and God spoke to each other. Moses had been up on the mount and Moses came down and shared with the people what God had told him. And the people, it says, they all said that the Lord, what the Lord has spoken, we will do. You catch that? They spoke and said what the Lord said, that will we do. And so Moses uh, had been talking to God. He came down and shared that with the people. Uh, and then there was another instant where he's up and down a few times there. And, and, and God told Moses he needed to go down to the people. There was 
like problems. God didn't say that, but there was something going on. And But Moses had said, they're okay. Moses had faith in the people, but yet he obeyed God and went down and talked to those people. And so when he was up there again in chapter 20 of Exodus, God gave Moses the Ten Commandments. And then we skip on to chapter 35 of Exodus. I just love these Bible accounts. So chapter 35, verse 30 says, And Moses said unto the children of Israel, See, the Lord hath called by name Bezalel, the son of Uriah, the son of Hur, the tribe of Judah. He hath filled him with the Spirit of God. You need to catch that point. He hath filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship, and to devise curious works to work in gold, silver, brass, and in cutting of stones to set them, and in carving of wood to make any manner of cunning work. And he hath put in his heart, not his head, he has put in his heart that he may teach both he and Aholiab, the son of this other fella, and of the tribe of Dan. Then hath he filled with wisdom of heart to work with all manner of work, engraver, and all those other things. The point is, God spoke to these people and put that in their heart to work for the Lord. And not only put it in a heart to work for the Lord, but gave them the wisdom, the knowledge, the understanding, all those things they needed to do to be able to do that. And this man was the one that built, that built the altar. His name is, I looked it up and tried to figure out the right way to sell it. Bezalel. Bezalel. All right. And his friend, Aholiab, he did the embroidery work, the sewing. So these two men, Bezalel, he did the, the carving and the forming of the, of the, all those things. But the other man was the one that did the sewing, that did of the, of the, uh, curtain and those things. But it was from the heart they worked for the Lord. It wasn't that they had to, it wasn't that they were obligated to. It was from the heart. And isn't that the way we want to work for the Lord? From our heart. The Lord put it in his heart. And I just, as I read that over and over again, it just really stirred my heart. And it says in, in verse 21 of that chapter, and they came, everyone whose heart stirred him up, and everyone whom his spirit made willing, and they brought the Lord's offering to the work of the tabernacle of the congregation and for all his service. So, and then verse 25, we're not just talking about men here. Verse 25, and all the women that were wise hearted did spin with their hands, brought that which they had spun, both of blue, purple, scarlet, and fine linen. Verse 26, and all the women whose heart stirred them up in wisdom, spun goat's hair. So all the women who were wise-hearted spun, 
spun with their hands, and those whose heart stirred them up in wisdom spun goat's hair. They each had a job to do. All these things were necessary for that time for those things. And the people were willing. They brought willing sacrifices. And so in Exodus 29, 32, we read that thus was all the work of the tabernacle of the ten of the congregation finished. And the children of Israel did according to all that the Lord commanded Moses, so did they. Isn't that the thrill to know, even though that they had some problems, they had a situation where they, they got a little anxious for waiting for Moses and did things they shouldn't have done. But the end result was they completed that project. They were willing from the heart to do what God said. According to all that the Lord commanded Moses, so the children of Israel made all the work. And Moses did look upon all the work Behold, they had done it as the Lord had commanded. Even so, they did it. And then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Because there was a willingness to work, because the people used the talent that God gave them, the wisdom, the knowledge, the talent that God gave them, the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And as I walk around the campground from time to time, I kind of think of those things, how how many of the old timers there were that dedicated their lives, that were willing to sacrifice their time, their efforts. And now we, so we say, bask in the sunshine of what they did for us. But you know what? We're all getting older. And some of those have gone on to meet the Lord already. And there are still jobs to do. No matter whether it was 50 years ago or today, there are still jobs to do at the church, on the campground. Is that right, Brother Cliff? There are still jobs to do. There are still jobs to fill. And you and I, each one of us, have a talent that God has given us. Whether it's, I don't know, pushing the lawnmower or pushing the vacuum cleaner or or driving a church van, or, you know, there's a whole list of things. And along these, in these thoughts, I thought of our, our dear brother Howard. He's out there. It just thrills my heart, folks. What a, what a, a craftsman he is. We enjoy those benches in front of the tabernacle, don't we? I mean, many of us, perhaps all of us have sat on those at least once, and they're comfortable, and they're beautiful. And, you know, they didn't just happen. Brother Howard has used the talent God has given him to sacrifice his time that we might enjoy that. And you and I have a job we can do so others can also enjoy the efforts. God is good. You know, I just uh, uh, getting older and reminiscing and thinking about things and just God is good. The testimonies that we've heard and we hear all the time, so many times you hear that God's been good to me. God's been good to me. And amen, he has. And thinking of those in God's word that followed God's advice, that did what God told them to do, I think of a boy that was 17 years old. Now you might think 17 years old, there's not much I can do of any value. But you know what? 
this young man here, 17 years old, he was doing what he was supposed to do. And he was doing what his father told him to do. He was just watching the sheep. Anybody could do that almost, maybe. But he was doing it. And then he had a dream. And he shared his dream with his family. And his brothers got mad at him. Brothers hated him. But Joseph continued to do what he should do. He set a good example. So Joseph's brothers had been out doing someplace, doing whatever they were doing. I suppose they were watching some other sheep. I don't know what, but anyway. But dad sent Joseph down to check on his brothers. Now think of this. Way out all by themselves. Your brothers hate you. But dad said to do it. So I'm going to do it. And he knew that God would be with him. And he found him. And what did they do? Oh, they took him, threw him in a pit like a, like a dug well without any water in it. And I don't know if you've ever been down one of those, but it's not really fun. I was perhaps 17 or 18 or something like that. I was in high school. And my brother, family, we all been well drillers. And there was a real deep dug well that they needed to fish something out of. So they put me on this thing. It's a thing that you drill, you drill a well with. There's a heavy cable of old, about big as your thumb or bigger. And this big, heavy, called a, a tools, we call it, a, a drill stem. And it had a big clamp on it. And I sat on there and got a hold around this thing. And, and they let me down this hole. It was much deeper than Joseph's, I think. But if I remember right, it was a hundred feet deep or so. But when you're down in there and you look up, you know, every little grain of sand, anything that comes off the side just scares you to death. I mean, it's no fun at all. But here was Joseph. <laughs> he was down there in that pit. And his brothers were sitting over here figuring, what are we going to do with him now? You know, the Lord has all kinds of interesting ways to guide us in the right direction. So along came these people, and they were merchants, and the brothers, oh, let's sell him to them. That way we'll have a little money. We'll get something out of it. So they sold Joseph to these merchants, and they went on, and they sold him back down to Egypt. It just all part of God's plan. Joseph couldn't understand. He couldn't have told you what was going to happen, but he knew that he that God was with him. The Bible says that more than once. God was with him. So here he was a goodly person. God was with him. He was well favored. And then he was tricked and he ended up in prison. Well, that wasn't fair. But that was part of God's plan. We could look back on it. And then various things happen and some dreams happen. And people are supposed to remember him and help him. But they forgot him. So here he was, a, a foreign country. All alone, forgotten, in prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor. Interesting and well worth reading the account again. So then let's go over to uh, Genesis 37. Genesis 37. I think that's right. Let me look it up here. 
He'll give you time to find it. Genesis 37. And Joseph, he was 17 years old. He was feeding the flock. He went to see his brothers. And they took him, put him in a pit. And they brought him and sold him to into Egypt. And then over in chapter 39, verse 2. And the Lord was with Joseph. And he was a prosperous man. Is God with you? You'll be prosperous, whether you're in prison or wherever you are, as long as you're following God's will. The Lord was with him, and the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in the sight of the people and God. Joseph was a goodly person, well-favored. It's just things were going better now. And then you think about back home, dad and the rest of the family, there was a famine. There's a lot of other things took place here, but there was a famine. They were hungry. There wasn't any food to eat. And so dad said, why don't you go up to Egypt? Because there's food up there. This is all part of God's plan again. And that's how Joseph took part of that. And I forgot where I was here. And anyway, the dad, the dad says, go up there. And then it ended up being interesting because dad said, why look ye at each other? In other words, what are you standing around for? Do something. Well, and then another time, a few chap- a few verses later, it said, one of the brothers said, except we had lingered, we'd be back already. In other words, if we'd gone, we'd be back already. Well, God had given Joseph a talent. He was willing to go with the ups and downs of life, never gave up his hope with God, and God used him. And his family was fed and prospered because Joseph stayed true and used the talents that he had, whether it was bookkeeping or helping out or whatever all those things that he did. He did it unto the Lord, and the Lord blessed him for it. And then we can go over to another young man, the Spirit of God had came down to Joseph. The Spirit of God came down to David, another young man that tending sheep. So they were all, these men were all sheep tenders, but they, I thought about that. Okay, now if you're tending sheep, you're out in the field, what kind of distractions would you have? Now you and I, we have distractions bombarding us all the time, right? All the time. But what kind of distractions would you have out in the hillside with a bunch of sheep? It could be any distraction would be there would be God-made. Butterflies, birds, sheep, wolves, whatever was there. They were all, any distraction at that time would have been from God, which might not be a bad thing. You can learn from that. Our distractions are man-made, aren't they? Just, just think about that. Okay, that's just an extra thought. All right. So the Spirit of God came upon David. The Spirit of God left Saul. That's in 1 Samuel 16. But David was blessed with many talents. You know, the music, his leadership abilities, his strength, his boldness. And think about... He went out to check on his brothers also 
as dad said to do. And there was his brothers. They were supposed to be out fighting a battle with, you know, and there was this big old Goliath there. And David had the spirit of God down in his heart. And he knew that with God, how many things are possible? All things are possible. So with God's help, David slew the giant and they won the battle. He used his talents. He used his abilities to serve God. God had given him the the ability to take that sling and go around and hit the giant right between the eyes or forehead, whatever it was. I, I looked up that one time to see what kind of stones they were. How big is a sling stone? That's what they call them, sling stones. And I always, you know, the little song, you know, little, little, five little stones in his, whatever it was. According to everything I looked up, they were about the size of a potato. Good size, I think it was, I forgot the weight, I was going to say three pounds, a pretty good size. But they could sling those things like a hundred miles an hour within a hair's breadth. Isn't that amazing? That would be another talent that God gave him. And that talent was to defeat the enemy that the children of Israel (coughs) could win the battle. So what are your talents tonight? I can't sling a stone. I can't use a slingshot or any of those things. But we all have something we can do for the Lord, right? So let's think about that. Let's just take, as we pray, say, Lord, I give you my abilities. You gave them to me. I give them back to you. Whatever you want me to do, Lord, I'm willing to do. If, if I can't do it, then I know you, won't, you will not ask me to do something I can't do. However, I can't do anything without God's help. So we work that in the situation, too. But let's just let's spend some time asking God to help us to use our abilities for the furtherance of the gospel. As we said, we're all getting older. You know, I, we look in the mirror. I talk to Brother Al sometimes. We think about, well, our mind says, let's do this and this and this. But all the rest of us, it kind of like it, it just doesn't work the way it did. But when we were younger, we could do those things. So you that are younger, use your abilities for the Lord. You'll never be sorry you did. We'll sing number 267 and bring our petition to the Lord.